Hi, my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Evil Lives Amongst Us, African American True Crime. This podcast is about true crimes that are committed by African Americans. Me, personally, I love listening to true crime stories. I love watching them on television, just seeing how people thought they could get away with things, and just paying attention to the dark psychology of people. But very seldom do I hear true crime stories that were committed by African Americans. So, I decided to create this podcast in order to talk about the true crimes of African Americans, how they can be serial killers as well. And so, I wanted to share some of the stories that I found to be very interesting. So, sit back. Woo! This one that I'm going to talk to you about is about an African-American woman named Josephine Gray. Josephine Gray was known as the Voodoo Queen because they said that she practiced witchcraft in order to kill her victims. According to the Washington Post, they said that the whispers went from sister to brother, from brother to cousin, from cousin to uncle to grandmother, until most members of the three local families shared this belief that Josephine, Josephine Gray, their kin, had gotten away with murder. Make that three murders. The speculation began soon after Gray's first husband, Norman Stribling, was shot dead while parked on the lonely Gathersburg Road one night in 1974. Then William Robert Gray, husband number two, was gunned down in 1990 as he entered his Germantown apartment. And then finally, in 1996, Clarence Good, Josephine's Gray, 28-year-old cousin, was found stuffed in the back of his car on a Baltimore street dead of a 9mm gunshot wound. According to her cousin, Corliss Shields, she said, we all knew she did it. But we didn't talk about it much. But authorities say it wasn't so much that family members didn't talk about it. The problem was that many wouldn't talk about it to investigators. Two times, two times, charges was brought against Josephine. And twice they were dropped when relatives declined to testify or couldn't be found. The brother of the third victim said that it was witchcraft. She did witchcraft. And at the time, the relatives did not want to cross Gray because they were scared that she would play some type of voodoo curse on them. And fear went through this entire case. 
To this day, the stories about Josephine Gray still haunt her relatives. They said that there was a magic spell placed upon Norman Stribling, controlling uncontrollably to scratch his face to shreds. Another family member mentioned the black voodoo doll discovered amongst Clarence's possessions after he was found dead. And court documents described an incantation caught on tape and a voodoo ritual that was recovered from Gray's home. When she was charged in 1991, Josephine and her attorneys called such claims absurd. I do not practice no voodoo and I do not practice no witchcraft, she said. Just because I go and buy a lucky charm to play the lottery or something or buy herbs and drink herb tea or take olive oil and anoint myself, anoint myself that's in the Bible. So once again, here we are using the Bible. She also has said that accusations against her stem from jealousy because her family members was jealous of her, including her children, because her children was jealous of her because she wasn't paying them any attention. The police and prosecutors recently devised. They had to come up with something new to get her. In November, a federal grand jury sitting in Greenbelt handed up an indictment charging Gray, 55 years old, a former school janitor and upper Marlboro mother of six with mail and wire fraud for collecting a total of $165,000 from three men's insurance policies. The policies are covered by Maryland's so-called Slayer's Rule, which prohibits any person who intentionally kills the insured from receiving benefits. Federal prosecutors say they can prove that Josephine Gray was involved in each death and that she didn't act alone. Instead, they said that she had the help of people that she was sleeping with. And the new charges do not require that a jury find Gray or anyone else guilty of murder in order to convict. Now, all of this is taking place in 2002. Gray, who has pleaded not guilty, is being held without bond in the Prince George's County Detention Center. Her trial was scheduled for July the 28th of 2002. A lot of the family members was happy. They was happy. But they still were scared. They wouldn't answer any questions. They were scared. They said that she scrubbed restrooms and mopped gym floors for most of her adult life, working from 1967 to 1998 as a custodian for the Montgomery County Public Schools. She was a janitor mopping up gym floors and cleaning bathrooms for schools. They said she was flamboyant and she loved wearing heavy makeup and tight skirts. Now, when I look at the pictures of Josephine Gray, she looks to be a very attractive African-American woman. Beautiful hair, beautiful smile, but there's definitely something going on in her eyes. She acted like she came out of modeling school, said Frances Gray, who at one time was married to Robert Gray, the second victim that she killed. She tried to be 
miss it. So I could see why she was saying that people was jealous of her because the way that she looked. And they were like, oh, she just trying to be Miss It. She just trying to be Miss Thing. They said she owned snazzy cars. Like she had a Cadillac Eldorado, a Chrysler New Yorker, and went on shopping sprees at places like Saks Fifth. Now, how can you do that on a janitor's salary working in the school scrubbing floors? They said she was a flaunter and she loved to show her shit off. She masqueraded around town like she was it. The men that she chose were quiet, compliant. They liked working on cars and watching TV and drinking beer. And these was the type of men that she could control, get them to do her bidding. They wouldn't ask any questions because they looked at this black woman as being beautiful and they would do anything to be in her presence. Her lovers lived quietly in neighborhoods of working families or they lived in rooming houses. But she lived on Robert Bowie Drive. She lived. She had lived. And it was neat with three and four bedroom houses. But the one thing that the neighbors thought strange was that her living boyfriend, he couldn't go anywhere. He was not allowed to do anything unless he was with her. She wouldn't even give him any keys to the house and he would sit outside sometimes because he got locked out and everybody knew that she was the dominant person. She was the mother, she was the father, and she treated this man like he was her child. The police said that even though the man, Andre, 48, must have known that at the very least that the two of great partners had died under suspicious circumstances. So he knew that two of her former exes had died but he stayed with her for years. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Their phone had been disconnected and no one answered the door during a New Year's Eve visit. Her first husband, let's go back. Josephine's grave first husband was named Norman Stribbling and they had five children. Later on, he found out that Josephine was out there cheating on him. And he realized that his life was going to be in danger. She was giving his, her affections to Robert Gray, who later became her second husband. And according to Robert Gray's family, before he and Josephine met at a part-time job cleaning offices, he was a good husband. And he was the father of six children. And then in his early 30s, his wife owned a home in Clocksburg and then in Northern Montgomery. And family members said he never went anywhere without his two youngest children. He worshipped the ground those kids walked on, Francis Gray would say. But in the early 1970s, something had seemed to snap. His whole demeanor changed. He was distant. His ex-wife say that he stopped going around his friends, his family, and everybody was like, something is wrong. You know how people start saying that woman got you whipped. They was telling him that Josephine had him whipped. 
and the and Francis, like most people today, said that she got to have witchcraft or voodoo on him. She got to be feeding him something. It's got to be something in his food because he is just acting crazy. He do whatever this woman say. So I know she don't put some witchcraft and voodoo on him. Francis began to remember the night Norman Stribling was killed on March 4th. And the day two weeks later when Robert and Josephine were arrested and charged with murdering him. Josephine's Gray's brother was also a suspect. But guess what though? All the charges were dropped a short time later when witnesses, including family members, would not cooperate. They got out of jail. They bought a new house in Gaffersburg with $14,000 down and they financed it through Stribling's life insurance policy. They had a child and they got married in 1975, but Robert Gray's mother, Dora, said her son had lived a miserable, miserable life. She said that he was a shy person. In 1980, Josephine Gray's teenage cousin came to stay with her because he was having a tough time in Brooklyn, according to his family. And his name was Clarence Good. He didn't know how to go about things. And, you know, he may have gotten a little depressed, his brother was saying about him. But Gray promised the relatives that she would raise good right. But see, they were skeptical. Because at some point... She began to sleep with her own fucking cousin. He was a teenager. And she was an older woman and she knew what she was doing and she was seducing her own cousin. This woman was something. She lost interest in her husband. And that's when his life became in danger. In the summer of 1990, according to the police and his family, Josephine Gray chased her husband through the house with a gun, sending him jumping off their home's second floor balcony and running more than a mile to his parents' house for safety. And that's when he decided he was going to move out. But guess what? He still wasn't safe because on October 5th of 1990, Robert Gray told police he was ambushed on Clomper Road by his wife who drove her car alongside his while Clarence Good, the cousin that she was fucking, pointed a gun out the window. He braked, put the car in reverse, and escaped. That's how he got away. But in November 1990, Robert Gray rented an apartment in Germantown and invited his previous family over for a celebration. Oh man, his daughters, everybody was happy. They said the spell was gone. It was gone. And they were celebrating like it was a homecoming. They had their dad's back. Mm, 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 mm. But less than a week later, about 2.30 p.m. on November 9th, Robert got off work where he was a building service manager and went home. And before he could even take off his coat, someone killed him, fired two shots from his apartment, killing him. The business card of a police detective lay feet 
from his body. He had visited the officer exactly one month earlier asking for help. Now let's talk about the cousin. The cousin, frustrated by their lack of success in the Strimler case of the 1970s with their prime witness in that case now dead, police begin to take extraordinary measures to try to link Josephine Gray with her second husband slaying. And this came from the former prosecutor in Montgomery County. In April of 1991, Gray and her cousin were charged with murder. Tam said the government's case fell apart when the two defendants were released on bail. She got out of jail because witnesses wouldn't cooperate. Relatives were approached by Gray and they were intimidated because she told them that she would cast voodoo spells on them if they testified. The behavior of Josephine's and Robert Gray's teenage daughter was the most disturbing because she echoed her mother's story that she had been working at Richard Montgomery High School when Gray was shot. Later, they found out that Gray's daughter told police the alibi was false. But when asked to repeat the assertion under oath, she couldn't recall anything. So what did she do? What, what happened? What her mother made her mad and giving no money. So she decided to say that it was a lie. But later on, what her mother gave her some money. I don't know. I don't know. But then later she said she couldn't recall anything. And then other witnesses began to have memory lapses. What the fuck? They were afraid that she had gotten away with murder in the past. And how did they know she wasn't going to get away with murder again? So they was afraid. But meanwhile, the cousin, Clarence, his life became miserable. She kept him isolated. He ain't had no car. He ain't had no money. Took away his phone. Yeah, just like she had done the other dude. And then he began to go between the relatives home in Baltimore, staying wherever he could find a bed. She didn't want him to work. And when he found a job, she panicked and thought that he was going to tail on her. 1996, he decided, the cousin decided now his life was in danger. Now, come on. If you know, yeah, y'all having sex, y'all fucking you a teenager, y'all doing that pillow talk. She revealing to you about the people she done killed for the insurance money. Not one time did it cross your mind that she would probably end up trying to kill you too. Not one time, but I can imagine because you were 17 years old, you didn't have any idea what was going on. So, I I can't imagine, you know, that this could happen. You know, you don't know what's going on. You fucking this beautiful woman. This is your cousin. I just don't get it. I, I, me personally, I, I don't understand. But then anyway, the boy was scared to death and he knew he was going to die. Police discovered his body on June 21st, 1996, two months after Josephine Gray had taken out a 100,000 life insurance policy 
that named her as the beneficiary. Mm, 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 mm. But his sister said that she found a voodoo idol among her brother's possessions, a black doll with real hair, and she threw it away. So people had questions. What was it about Josephine Gray that led men to leave their families to remain even when they knew other loved ones had died mysteriously? So they came up with these theories. They said that maybe the victims were of abuse spouse syndrome. Hmm. Family members were convinced that voodoo had something to do with her powers, that she was a witch, that she practiced witchcraft, and that's how she was able to trick these men. They exhumed Stribling's body. They put a listening device in Josephine Gray's home and heard not incriminating evidence, but there was some sort of voodoo ritual that was going on. They searched a home, taking pizza boxes and a chunk of the garage floor said to be stained with something that looked like blood. And they even recorded a conversation between Gray and a voodoo doctor. So they was trying to say that, you know, she was in her house doing voodoo rituals, sacrificing something. I don't know if it was chickens or what, but they said there was evidence of blood on the floor. Still, they could not take Gray to court on murder charges. Now, authorities believe they can gain a conviction. But they know that when the case goes to trial, the prosecutors will face a formidable foe. They said that this woman, Josephine Gray, 55 years old, had six children and 11 grandchildren. She was hardworking, and the only thing she was trying to do was make ends meet, and she was church-going. They wanted to say that Josephine Gray was a black widow, but they say, no, she ain't no black widow. She said, I don't practice no voodoo, and I don't practice no witchcraft. And the case was dropped. So to give you some personal history on the black widow, Josephine Victoria Gray. She had three victims. She was born March 3rd, 1974. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She wasn't born March 4th. 3rd 1974 her murders were March 3rd 1974 November 9th 1990 and June 21st 1996 she was arrested December 5th of night of 2001 she was born in 1946 please forgive me for that her methods of murder was shooting and she lived in Maryland She was sentenced to 40 years in prison on December 2nd, and then she was re-sentenced to 40 years in prison on August 7th, 2006. She was known as the Black Widow because she killed her husband's and lover to collect life insurance. Wow. 
you know, we always joke, okay, you know I got this life insurance, don't kill me for my money. But we got to stop joking like that because this shit is real. This shit is real. She, at age 60, was resentenced to 40 years in prison, arising from her 2002 convictions. She was smart. Now, she won't know dummy. She was smart. She was not convicted of her husband's murder, Robert Gray, after she received $16,000 from his life insurance. She was having an affair with her cousin. And she was having an affair with a co-worker. Okay. So she collected over $54,000 total all in his life insurance policies. And from 1990 to 1996, her cousin and Josephine, they lived together. And then he applied for help because he knew that he was going to die. And Josephine Gray pulled, you know, took out at a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy on him. And on June twenty first, his body was discovered in the trunk of his car in Baltimore. He had been shot in the head. A search warrant executed at Josephine's Gray home several weeks after the murder found a large stain on the concrete floor of the garage, which tested positive for blood. And next to the stain was a commercial vacuum cleaner, and small amounts of possible blood was recovered from inside. State charges were brought against Gray, and the insurance company paid Gray $90,000. They paid her cousin's son the remaining $10,000. She collected $165,000. And like I said, with the witnesses being scared that she was going to practice voodoo against them and curse them, they wouldn't come through, come forward and testify. But she was under scrutiny. Josephine Gray, January 5th, 2002, feared for her use of voodoo and charged by federal authorities with collecting insurance proceeds after causing the deaths of two husbands and a boyfriend was charged by the county police with murder and the deaths of both husbands. She was only charged with killing two of the husbands. A lot of witnesses say they have lived in fear. They have lived in fear of her. Fear of her. But what is strange is that before these men were killed, they were telling people, I'm scared of my life. That woman is going to kill me. So there is a such thing as men being abused and men being scared of women. That really happens. It does. And they were telling people they were going to die. They were scared. They were scared. But she was using violence and voodoo to intimidate people. And that's crazy. Even Stribling had told friends before he was killed that his wife had tried to shoot him in the head one morning while they were in bed together. And the reason why that he survived was because the gun misfired. Even the cousin, 
Clarence told police two months before he was killed that Gray had assaulted him and pulled a knife on him. She even went after William Gray with a screwdriver and a baseball bat. A short time before he was killed, chased him in her car so that a boyfriend could point a gun at him. All these people was telling people that they were going to get killed. But people surrounding her believe that somehow she has that ability to harm people, whether it was the indirect mystical way of voodoo or the direct way of committing homicides with guns. They wiretapped her house. But all they recorded was a ritual. And in the ritual, she was wishing them harm. So all of these things was going on. People were saying how these men were so scared of this woman, but they didn't do enough because she still ended up killing them anyway. She was a mother. She was a grandmother of 11. Of 11 kids. She even offered someone $2,000 to kill Stribbling in 1974. She chased William in 1990. And who knows what she did from 1974 to 1991. But she didn't get charged with Good's death because they didn't have any evidence to charge her. So she got away with that one. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. Wilma Jean Wilson met Josephine in the late summer of 2000 and they became friends. They spoke over the telephone and Wilson sometimes visited her house. And she recalls that during one of those visits, Gray was busy cleaning a cluttered room and Wilson offered her help. And as they were talking, Gray stopped cleaning and left the room briefly. And when she returned, she brought newspaper articles describing her prior arrest. In fact, those articles reported that Gray had killed her former husbands. Wilson asked if the reports were true and Gray replied that she was going to tell Wilson something she had never told anyone before. And she did not want Wilson to say anything about it. And in an emotionless, matter-of-fact manner, Gray told Wilson that she had killed both her husbands and another gentleman. Gray told Wilson that she had killed the first husband, Stribling, because she was tired of being abused by him. According to Wilson, she told me that they had gone out for a ride and she had shot him. She left the body over on River Road and it was set up to look like it was a robbery. Gray then confessed to Wilson that she had also killed her second husband, William Robert Gray. Although Gray said she was alone with Stribling when she killed him, she had help. The help came from her cousin Clarence. And Gray explained to Wilson that Clarence had tried to blackmail her, demanding money in exchange for his silence about the murder of Robert Gray. So she said she had to get rid of him too. This woman was crazy. This woman was crazy. Gray, Robert Gray tried his best to do what we are always told to do. Go to the police. Use the system. Get them to help you. But it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. 
It did not work. But she telling her friend Wilson why she had to get rid of her cousin because he was blackmailing her. But the cousin said, well, told his sister before he died that he was going to go visit Gray at her house where police later found the 9mm bullets in a large blood stain on the floor of the garage. Woo. Her guilt could not be proved. So the insurance company had to pay her $99,000 and give the $10,000 to his son. So she still got paid. She still got paid. And she was so smart. Because she contended that all counts of the indictment should be vacated because the evidence failed to establish that the assurance companies had any property interest in the benefits paid under the relevant insurance policies. So the insurance companies did suffer monetary losses as the result of her fraud. And the money that she received was money that belonged to the insurance companies. They wrote the checks and they were backed by the assets. So now she done got, that's how she got charged with the fraud. And she tried to get out of that as well. Josephine Gray. People, people, people. We are told to go to the law, to go to the system when we feel that our life is in danger. And look what happened when these men went and told the police that something was going on and they felt that their life was in danger. She ended up killing them still. And she spent the money, did what she wanted to do, riding around in her Cadillac Eldorado. And they got her for fraud. But Josephine Gray was a beautiful woman. She looked like a model. She was gorgeous. She was smart. She did what she had to do for herself, as they say. They gave her... 40 years again because of the insurance fraud case so that's how come she ended up serving the time that she did because they got her for insurance fraud as well as the murders of these two people Josephine Gray died November 23rd 2019 There are pictures of her on the internet. You can go and research this yourself. Evil lives amongst us. African American true crime. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you have any questions or you would like to leave a comment, you can contact me at Queen Zoya. 
at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can even find me on TikTok under the name Raw Lioness. Josephine Gray. Evil lives amongst us. African-American true crime.